Good evening, everyone. This is Tala with Drive Through Therapy. Thank you guys so much for joining me tonight on another episode. I am so grateful for your support, and I am hoping that you guys are all safe and really having a merry, merry Christmas and hol- and happy holidays with whatever you're celebrating. And so, it's good to know you guys are out there, especially right now in these times of change. They're challenging. They're challenging and we're re-experiencing maybe old traditions in new ways. And it's allowing us to do that. It's quite creative, this pandemic situation. It allows us to uh, expand maybe and work on so many things because of this slowing down. It's like if you didn't bond well with your children you experiencing this pandemic could probably increase your bond with your children. If you, I always talk about this, if you are in a relationship, it either gets strengthened by being with this person or it basically starts dissolving itself. So it's like, although it's slowing down in other areas, when it comes to interpersonal interactions, I guess, it's not slowing down at all. It's actually bringing things to the front and having you look at them and accepting the truths about those situations. And it's uncomfortable for many, as I can only imagine. It's very uncomfortable because we don't have the distraction of every day, go, 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 go. I got to go to work. I got to pick up kids. I got to blah, 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 blah. We don't have all those distractions. So we are left with the truth of the actual interaction that we have with others. And I think that's a blessing, if you ask me. The more discomfort we experience, probably the more work you're doing on yourself. So I give two thumbs up for that. If you guys are experiencing more discomfort, it's probably because you are confronting things that probably needs to be confronted and you are resolving them. Good news, right? (laughs) So tonight's topic is something that I often get confronted with when it, when with people in general they say this out loud and and it's uh almost in a way self degrading uh they say that I just want to be normal that's that's what people say and in treatment they come in thinking that they are abnormal somehow and and somehow they want to learn how what is normal they want to learn uh, the norm, <laughs> whatever society conforms to. So in the world of statistics and numbers, norm is considered the average or the set of medium statistics or data. And, and that's where people base it off of. So statistically, that's what it could mean. Now in society, when people say normal, they really mean, I want to know what is a correct thought to have, what's a correct way to feel, what are correct emotions and incorrect emotions. I want to, in a lot of ways, perceive life with a clean slate, (laughs) right? I mean, it's a lot that's being implied here. You know, normal supposes that there is a set of correct way, quote unquote, uh, of feeling and thinking There is also a correct way of being, a normal way of being, perhaps. 
but it can also be defined as I, I didn't have a normal childhood, whatever the hell that means. I didn't have, uh, I just want to have a normal relationship with someone, a normal, normal. You see how, you see that the trend here, you see what I'm trying to say with this is that the concept of normal is now turned into something that is in, in a way you're saying, I'm not normal. I am not, there's something wrong with me. There's something wrong with, the way I function, the way I feel, the way I think, there's something not right. And even in the world of psychology, basically, we diagnose what is considered abnormal functioning, right? Uh, abnormal thought patterns. But th- it's hard to define humanity that way. I, to say that something is normal is really putting... It's giving you the wrong message as human, as a human. So if you're feeling angry or if you're feeling like you don't want to live a certain lifestyle anymore, or if you have certain preferences, you are perceived and somehow abnormal. But it's not necessarily just only by society. Because of our own conditioning, we could perceive ourselves as being abnormal. Now we get stuck on that because again, anytime we get stuck on self-judgment, nothing really good comes out of it. Nothing good comes out of it. There's a difference between self-evaluating, right? In a, in a healthy, constructive way. And there's a self-judgment is a whole different other beast. You're not self-evaluating for the purposes of making things better and moving forward. You're sitting in shame and self-judgment really. So by understanding and accepting that there is no such thing as the norm, this is a concept that is purely human. It's human made and it's human enforced. And so anything that is human basically is impermanent in nature. It is no real significant truth. Okay. So don't worry about being normal or what you think normal is. We all come with baggage as humans. And with this baggage comes conditioning and comes responses that may work in our life and may provide healthy outcomes. And there are responses that we perform that may not provide healthy outcome. And that may be toxic in many ways for us. So again, what is norm? Okay. I mean, really, what is considered a norm when it comes to a human being? We really perceive our life in a very subjective way. And what you see in front of you, what you think is norm is going to be different than what another person thinks is the norm. And In us accepting this intuitive truth is that we are all different in our experiences, but not so different as humans, then maybe we can start becoming more beneficial to ourselves and to others. We can start healing because change requires us to look at ourselves without judgment. It's difficult for a person to change if you're continuously comparing yourself to another person. If you're comparing yourself to a sibling, perhaps, or a schoolmate or a work, a coworker, you know, if you are looking on Facebook and perceiving that's normal, right? And you're, comp- and you're saying, I don't live that life that I see on a Facebook post or whatever. Then we start becoming resentful. We start thinking that we're lacking something or we're inferior somehow, but that also comes from our baggage. That's also a conditioned response. You see, none of what we think and how we perceive our life is just uh, 
exempt from any past conditioning. No, everything I look at, everything I'm making a judgment about or thinking about or how I think about something is all coming from my past experiences, what I've collected through the years, what I've reinforced, what's actually been conditioned in me, right? Uh, and reinforced, all of those are things that I have to be aware of in order for me to start changing my life. When you automatically say, I want to be normal, it just suggests that you're too busy shaming yourself and guilting yourself because you somehow lack some kind of equipment that you might need in order for you to become normal. And that is not the truth at all, at all. And so even in the world of psychology, uh, we, uh, I, I'm not a fan of the clinical aspect of there is an abnormal psychology. Fuck that. I think <laughs> all psychology is, is, you know, the norm is abnormal. Is <laughs> what I'm thinking because I've never met a normal person in my life. I've never met a person that it doesn't respond on past conditioning. I don't know what that would look like. Is it a robot? Uh, is it an angel? Is it God? <laughs> like what, what would that look like, friends? So don't bother using the idea of norm. We don't want to be normal. We just want to understand our past. We want to change our responses if they don't work any longer. In order for us to do that, we don't got to say, I want to be normal. We don't got to even think that there is a norm. There's no such thing. There is no such thing. There's what is societally acceptable, perhaps. Societally acceptable as in like we're in the 1950s and it was acceptable for a, a wife to be at home and she would be cooking and cleaning and doing the laundry and um, making sandwiches, you know, for the men when they come from work and, and you learn the techniques of how to make a great sandwich. You learn the techniques of how to pickle some shit and you know, make your own jam. And that's what you do. That's what a housewife did. That was societally acceptable. Now at that time it was considered a norm, right? So what we know is what is societally acceptable and what we consider as the norm has changed throughout the years. But now let's outgrow this idea of that. There's some kind of freaking norm, right? There is things that society is acceptable. For example, these days, if I don't have a Facebook, I do get a response. We're like, Oh my God, you don't have a Facebook. What the fuck? Like what, what's going on with you? <laughs> right. And the norm here nowadays has become having a Facebook. And there's nothing wrong with that. I think if, if you're able to have a Facebook and this is something that you enjoy, go for it. There's, there's no right and or wrong with this, but understanding what is norm is just what is societally conform conformed or conforming is really what we're talking about. And even in a clinical sense, we can put people in boxes, right? We can say you have bipolar disorder. We can label you real quick. But as a human being, I can understand that you could have traits in those things. You are not just one thing. You can have traits and you are capable of healing. You are capable of outgrowing, learning more, healing those aspects of you, because that's what your brain is made to do. It's made to self-heal. So instead of you thinking about, I'm not normal and I want to be normal, what we want to start to do is think about healing. Think about ourselves as I am healing aspects of me. I'm confronting them, taking responsibility for healing them. So generationally, this stuff can change. So I don't have to pass down this dysfunction or whatever it is that's been, been reinforced in my head. I don't want to pass it down to generations forward. Now, there's another extreme that I want to point out at this time. And the other extreme would be that we are so different and unique. And that also is a, how do I put it? 
uh, it separates us rather than connects us as human. That's why I don't like this concept. Like I said, we have different conditioning, but what we all have in common is is that we're all human. And so we've experienced heartbreak, we've experienced rejection, we've experienced feelings of inferiority, we've experienced happiness, we've experienced uh, contentment, peace, uh, we've experienced those things, and that's what we have in common. So it seems like we have more in common, friends, than we have things that make us so different from each other and we got to embrace our uniqueness and all that shit. But it's, it's, it's not like that. I hope I want to make this, I just want to make this very attainable. It's like, it's neither extreme. It's neither that it has to be uh, normalized and normal and perfect or whatever that we think it is, or, or so unique and we become a rebel and I start dressing up like a goth, which ends up looking like I'm dressed up like other goths too. So I don't know how, so I'm normal to other goths, right? Uh, and I, I start being, I start getting tattoos and I want to, you know, just rebel against the man or whatever. And, but tattoos have become the norm. So everybody's rebelling. So the idea is that although we run away from the idea of norm for some of us, it's also still becoming a norm. Does that make sense? So the idea of, I think I'm so unique and so different in a West, in our Western world, we have really become, uh, we think we're so different that we miss the fact that we are so similar in our humanity. So this is going to only appeal to a few of us here that kind of want to take a bump forward in this area. We want to perceive ourselves as more connected than we are apart. This actually, believe it or not, is a wonderful spiritual, emotional a milestone that we can meet. We can actually work on meeting. I could put all my value and my uniqueness and say, I've accomplished this and this and this and this, and that makes me so different from you. And you can also do the same and say, you know, I've done this and this and this and this. That makes you different from me. But in the end, it will be our ego talking. That ego that's been conditioned, that ego that we're not really born with, but we develop through the years. Because what we're born with are all the other stuff that is not necessarily labeled. It doesn't have uh, any value added to it if you accomplish or perform something to. You have always had this thing within you that is human in all of us that is valued. You are a human worthy of being valued no matter what happens, no matter what you perform, what degree you might get, what kind of car you might drive or a spouse you might have. You're still going to be the same person in the end. You are of value no matter what you add or take away from you. That's the truth you live with on the inside. This other stuff that we've added, this human aspect of us, this conditioned response that we've ha- we've added of if you have this kind of job, uh, if you marry this kind of person, if you have that many kids, if you drive this car, if you have this degree, then you are somehow more valuable. This is all human stuff. It's not, it's only as real as the person who's looking at it and, and paying attention to it. But if you remove this idea from your own psyche, if you are aware of it and remove it, then you may not see people as so different any longer. And with this adds a more pleasurable way to live life, a more open way to live life where I can find people more often 
as a resource, as a connection, rather than a person who is a threat or that they're so different from me and I need to kind of uh, figure out what their defects are <laughs> before I talk to them. So I hope this makes sense. This concept is not mine, I promise, but it's been said in different ways. Actually, actually Dr. Dwayne Dyer refers to this as oneness, but he, of course, did not get that by himself. But the idea is that our ego makes us label things, uh, define things, but it's all for the purpose of human gain, right? Human ego gain. Like if I say that having a bachelor's degree is better than having an associate's degree, that somehow you are more valuable than a, as a human being. But all of this is a bunch of bullshit in the end, because again, your value is not measured by nothing. You already have it. I already have it. And to think anything different is just what society kind of developed through the years and found it to be the norm, I guess, whatever the norm is, or what we consider the abnormal too, because that's also considered normal, believe it or not, if you're, if you're looking at it that way. What is normal or abnormal? Um, what is good? What is bad? All that is stuff that we came up with as humans. So it only has value if you are looking at it and inviting that label into your world and saying those words. But if we are, if we choose to be aware of this distinction, then more than likely, we may, we may not use it if we choose not to use it. For example, in my case, I don't want to be, I don't want to perceive on purpose that I'm different from another human being because the second I perceive the person sitting from me is somehow abnormal and they need my help and that's that my ego takes over. Then I start becoming, I don't know, whatever I think a therapist would be rather than I'm here collaborating with another person and we're both are part of the journey. I am actually part of what I'm looking at. I'm not separate from it. I am part of it. And I think our society, the way we learn is that somehow when we label stuff, that I mean, it's a dog, a, a cat, a tree. We, in a lot of ways, separate ourselves from it. We, we, we have some kind of identity attached to ourselves that separates us from the identity that we have attached to a dog or a cat or a man or a woman. And all this is just stuff that eventually, eventually, we found out that it just inhibits our growth as humans. So today for me, I am very aware that whatever people might perceive as normal, what a culture perceives as normal, what a family might perceive as normal, uh, a couple in a relationship might perceive as normal, whatever that is, is normal to them. It is how they perceive their world, what they've chosen to buy into. And that stuff is very changeable because I can change a perspective quickly and I can re-experience the world in a different way. That's how powerful we are as human beings. But we have to do the work. So eventually we want to get to this place where this truth perhaps even this intuitive truth that I am very connected and not apart from everything I'm looking at. I'm connected to the, to the dog I have in front of me, to the cup of tea I have in front of me, perhaps to the homeless man that is walking in front of me. I'm not separate from those things 
but I am looking at them. I am labeling them. So I might confuse that with that. I am separate. I'm a separate consciousness. I'm a separate entity from another thing, from another living energetic thing, right? But I am not. I am the one who's defining everything I'm looking at. But some of my definitions actually happen to be the norm, right? We all look at a chair and say it's a chair, but I come with a lot of other stuff that uh, uh, could make this chair perhaps a trauma event for me, or could make this chair something that reminds me of my grandma's house. And I remember I had that chair and it's like a beautiful story. And this during Christmas, we were all, we love this chair and everybody fought for this chair. Like I could, everybody comes with uh, their own subjective way of looking at what they're looking at. And it's normal to them. So one would say, and it doesn't mean that it's separate from me. You know, just because I'm looking at this chair does not make it separate from me. But I do understand I have a story attached to it that could be different from another person's story, but we both can perceive a chair, right? I might be talking to my son uh, and he is a physical uh, entity separate from me, but energetically we're sharing more in common when we're talking to one another, interacting one, with one another, then we are separate or apart. I'm looking at my son and I'm adding interpretations to his behavior, perhaps. Do I think he's good boy? He's a bad boy. Like I'm adding stuff to it, you know, and, and where does this come from? Who says that somebody's all good, all bad? It's, it's good and bad behavior and, and, and all that. Like how, how much of it is just, it's, it's too much. Does, it, does that make sense? It's too much. It separates me, me from my son. So I'd rather talk to my son, somebody that I love unconditionally. I'd rather talk to him by seeing that we both have this beautiful energetic exchange all day long. And believe me, when I see him as a an entity that is just right as it is, is I accept it just as it is, then more than likely we become in a lot of ways mirroring each other in and in many ways we become energetically connected and one for example if i am really mad at someone and i think they're a difficult person every time i see them i'm just uncomfortable around them i'm just i have these opinions of them interacting with them is going to be, no matter how fake I try to be, is going to show up anyways. It's just going to be shown in my discomfort, um, in my resistance of them. I'm not perceiving them uh, as similar. I'm perceiving them as way the fuck different, right? At which point they, they're over there in my head. And I, I, I don't allow this openness to happen in this engagement, which could... Um, be very beneficial for both of us, right? So, so basically I am what I'm looking at. I'm the one who's creating all these stories about this person. And every time I see this person, it makes me feel difficult, but I think it's them, but it's really not them. It's me. I am perceiving this person as difficult. I am holding a grudge. I'm the one who's coming up with some egotistical thing that says this person does not act in the norm or that they are bad or good. I'm the one sitting there making all these judgments, but they're not really real. I have more in common with that person. And when I lose that resistance that's been causing me suffering and I perceive us as very much one 
in our interaction at this moment, that I am exact, I am that person too. I am that energy too. Then more than likely I will not attempt to hurt this energy or hurt myself by treating this energy in any different way that I'm not going to like myself for later. You see, this interaction now becomes much more elevated because people become worthy and valuable because I think I'm worthy and valuable as I am. So they don't have to do anything extra. They don't have to do any less or more. And when a person is somehow offending me or acting in a certain way, I can easily be compassionate to them and compassionately detach for the moment because I, I've, I understand I've been there before too. I've been where I've in a place where I judged another person. I assume things about them. I've, um, mistreated someone. I'm no perfection here. And so I can understand that within me and very much, very much understand it in the other person, which makes me more compassionate to them. Again, we're becoming one in the situation. We have more in common than not my friends. And I challenge you, I challenge you to think of people this way, that we have more in common than we are different. Because that is, in fact, the intuitive truth you all walk with, but we don't just confront. We are all freaking similar. We are all one. And when I'm looking at you and talking to you, although I'm perceiving you are separate somehow, it is my perception that perceives that. It's it's my reality that I'm coming up with. It ain't real, is what I'm trying to say. So I hope this somehow makes sense and it's relevant to where you're at in your journey right now. If it is not, please disregard. Uh, I'm only talking to anybody that may want to just kind of upgrade in that area. The idea of oneness, the idea of that we are more connected to one another than not. And, you know, the clues are all there if you're really looking, if you really make the effort to recondition that response and see us all as similar, as connected. Uh, I am what I'm looking at. The truth is one plus one is one. <laughs> I am what I'm looking at. I challenge you to reflect on that. If it applies, great. If it doesn't, that's okay. It's at least you gave it some thought. Thank you so much for joining me tonight. I'm sending you love and light. And remember that one plus one is one. This has been an episode of Drive Through.